Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you through these dynamic stories about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now today's podcast. Uh, Pastor Jeff, it's great to have you on our program tonight. Thanks for joining in. Wonderful to be here, Ruth. Wonderful to be here. You have been such a great supporter of the Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace book. And now a little bit further on in the movement, you're still supporting what we are doing. So I want to thank you, first of all, for the wonderful support you have been uh, for the book, first of all. Tell us, as you start off tonight, how it impacted you when you read the stories of Unborn and Joel. The story, uh, the book was just, it was a real welcome surprise. Uh, Again, I was one of the ones that you were able to, had the privilege of seeing an early draft with Mm it, uh, for it. And and I didn't know really what to expect. I printed it off because I like having just these hard copies. So I just had this big handful of papers. And uh, I just read story after story. And I think just what I loved about it was how personal it was, how real it was, and how confident I was in the story in the book that said, this is an incredibly important subject. Mm. And it is such a tough thing to, to talk about and work with. But these stories need to be get out, and this is just something, and it's done in a way, and it's a package that you actually feel proud of giving out and handing out mm-hmm. and, and endorsing and letting people know. Um, uh, well, we, so all, we all thank you so much for that. And for those of you that have not met Pastor Jeff Bell, he is the pastor of Trentside Baptist Church in Cajun, Ontario. He is my pastor, and he has supported the book. And now we're on to another Phase. First of all, Pastor Jack, you hosted a morning service with Amy Jackson, who writes the first story in the book, and and me, and and as well did a launch last January. And uh, so you have been a supportive pastor, and we commend that highly. We are praying that we will be able to get into many churches to help them address the issue of abortion. So tonight, we're so excited that you can. Help us a little bit with your thoughts of how the church can impact the community and make a difference because we all know that there's a lot of pain in the pews of our church. And sometimes people don't feel like their, their pains are addressed. So talk to us a little bit about how you as a pastor, now that you know what is in Unborn Untold, now that you know some stories, tell us how you would see our church Trentside Baptist Church, impacting our community. 
Well, I think that's a fantastic question. And I think one of the, the best ways to do it is through uh, stories and books and the people like Unborn Untold. Uh, Unborn Untold, I think, is it eight? There's 18? Is that, I'm trying 17, to remember the 17, 17 yeah. close. I was yeah, close. <laughs> but we know that that is just the very smallest tip of the iceberg. Uh, those are 17 people who were brave enough and courageous enough to, to share their stories. And we know for every one of those stories that are told, there are countless other ones that are, uh, are being withheld. Uh, there are people silently suffering in, mm. in our pews. And so when you expose stories, when people have the courage to share then it allows other people, if they're carrying a burden, especially with abortion or, or uh, whatever they're wrestling through, it gives them, oh, I'm not in this alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think back to a situation I had in my previous church where there was a lady, um, just a well-put-together lady, um, and we were. T- she wanted to share something with me, and she broke down. She was mm-hmm. crying for probably a good five minutes. And uh, finally what she shared was that she had an abortion in her past and had never shared that at the church or with her pastor and was wanting to do that. And you could just realize the pain and the burden and how long she had been holding on and how she still didn't want anybody else to know. And could Mm -hmm. she trust you realize how important that is. Um, you know, you don't guess these things. You don't know what stories people are bringing, uh, what heartache they are bringing, what they are carrying with them. But when folks have the opportunity to share, then it allows the other people to say, okay, this is a place that actually cares. And I, one of those neat things that I, I think was really, really special, both with when you and Amy shared on the Sunday morning and then also uh, a month or two later when we had the Sunday evening, was how many people actually said thank you for doing this and bringing this opportunity. He said, churches don't talk about it, and thank you for being willing to do so. And I think that's one of the first things that we need to do is to be willing to share, have people uh, share their stories. Uh, um, it means means a uh, a whole lot. It, it creates that opportunity. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. And you are really speaking to the church. You're speaking to ministry leaders. You're speaking to pastors, and all of those that have been a little bit reluctant. Because I remember you had a bit of reluctance uh, when you first uh, opened that door to have us come. What was going to be the response? And it just showed both of us, I believe, that that there is such a need for openness. There's such a need for compassion and there's such a need to give, give the gospel that of redemption for everyone, no matter what they ha- has transpired in their lives. So now that you've heard the stories, now that you've, you've met some of the people involved with these stories, what practical things can a church do to be ready to help those that might find themselves in an unwanted pregnancy? There's, there's a number of things. One of the, one I'm going to just start really, really simply and, and talk about on a, on a more pastoral level, uh, more theological level to start and then, and more than practical. But the one is just churches have to be both pastoral and then prophetic. And what I mean by that 
is so many people are afraid whether either coming to their coming through the doors of a church whether even even if they are part of the church sort of exposing those hidden parts of their mm-hmm. lives and one of the christianity 101 and probably doctrine 101 is original sin for all of fallen short and uh, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of god that's the one thing all christians can hold in common so the last thing a sinner sh- place a sinner should feel unwelcome would be in a be in a church and so one of the things that we need to do is be able to love people um, wrap them or wrap their arms around them with the forgiveness and grace of, of God and uh, what's found in Jesus Christ. So that is one thing. So people know when they carrying these burden, there is a place that they can come to and that they are surrounded by the love and forgiveness and grace of Jesus. So the, I think that's a huge pastoral. And then as the church just helps walking through these people through, through healing and whatever they need going forward. The other prophetic end, which is somewhat usually churches are either too pastoral or too prophetic and it's hard to have a balance i'm far more probably pastoral than prophetic but the prophetic is still being that voice of consciousness to to the church to to the culture around us to be able to boldly speak against some of the things that are uh, that uh, some of the things we would rather not speak about and still being very real that um Sin is sin, and and um, real damage is done, and we can't hide things under the uh, under the carpet. So there still needs to be a boldness. There needs to be that love, but there is still need to need for that boldness to to, to preach what is good and true, and what is right, and what God desires for for His church and for for the world around it. So I think those are two things that are really important with the church. The other thing that I would say on a more practical level, and you've really um, put your finger on things. You can't just say this is what we're for or this is what we're against if we're not really willing to put our money where our mouths are, if we are not really willing to get our hands dirty. I think of, I think of a, an experience – a pastor friend that I had who was working downtown uh, Toronto and he had quite an experience right where, where he, where their church was just right around the same corner. It was a, a, an area, especially at nighttime where often prostitutes would come and they would have ministry uh, for homeless. They would have ministry and do meals and, and they would get a number of, of these street workers that would be connected to the church. And he said, I remember having this one conversation with this, this one lady and she's, who, who was, uh, was a prostitute. And she said, I believe in God. I really want to change my life around. I'm thankful all, all, for all that this church has done. And I, and I need to get a new start. But at the same time, I need to pay my bills. I need to put food on the table. And for my friend and the pastor, that's when it really hit him. He said, unless we're willing to, as much as we want to rescue this woman and save her from the life that she's in, and even as much as she's saying she wants to be rescued, 
there is still that practical need, right? There is going to be a baby. There's going to be a mouth to feed. There's going to be diapers that are going to need to go on it. Um, there's going to be a scared, scared mother. There's going to be a confused father or relatives and all those type of things. So it's easy to just say, I'm for this. I'm easy to be against that, but, it, but are we willing to open up our houses? Are we willing to write those checks? Are we willing to um, provide daycare, whatever that is needed? And to do one without the other, it's going back to, to James chapter two, faith without works is dead. Absolutely. Well, wow, that's, that's a great, uh, a, a lot of practicality in, in just a few sentences there and opening homes to, to unmed, unwed mothers and, and those kinds of things are just so incredibly important. And boy, don't you want to be part of, of this solution of the 300 babies that are aborted in our nation every day? And I think it's 3,000 a day in the, in the United States. Uh, and we want to make a difference, not just talk about it. And so those are, those are great thoughts, uh, Pastor Jack. Now, let's just talk about a little bit uh, before we move on about this, the education of sexuality and the beautiful picture of the covenant relationship of marriage and the intimacy that comes from a covenant relationship under God's perspective. What part does the church have to play or does it have a part to play in educating our young people? Yeah, I mean... Absolutely. Um, in one sense, the church is far, far more silenced in this area than, than it has in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. Our reach is, is definitely smaller. And we really are, uh, and not even, uh, the church has moved so far away from its traditional foundational biblical teachings on sexuality mm-hmm. in so many ways, especially in many of our churches in Canada. But we should never apologize for who we are and what we've believed, and it still needs to be foundation. We need to be the ones going the wrong way uh, against the stream on this, and do so boldly, and and not not have to apologize for um, for teaching, for preachings, uh, the the beauty of biblical sexuality and marriage. Uh, so I think that is one thing. I think a lot of times the church especially now is shying away from it and more so than ever there is a goodness there is a good thing that's happening in our in the culture and the world of our church and a bad thing that's happened and they're both one and the same it's a bit of a double edged sword i know probably even growing up a little bit more but especially more so in in my parents and my grandparents of generate generations when you talked about sexuality that's just not something you talked about in, in church. If you did so, it was with euphemisms and it was polite and you, you just, good Christians never talked about those things. Well, right now, all taboos are out the window in our culture, especially in that. And so if you're not talking about it, you're, you're not dialed into the world. Um, and so now there is at least an openness and there is a bluntness, whether we like it or not. So there is, and, and, um, the world is is sadly saturated by by unhealthy examples of sexuality, and so we don 't have a choice not to to speak boldly mm-hmm. and talk about it in our church where I would say it is difficult, and I think this is where the church has to realize there are limits in when 
it really isn't, we have to understand is it really is an uphill battle uh, for most people when they do go to church, they're only in church for an hour, two hours on a Sunday morning. There might be some midweek uh, Bible study youth program, but you've got maybe an hour to two hours tops. You've um, meanwhile, if they go to school, if they're on their televisions or on their, their, social media, their, their phones, their tablets, they're getting indoctrinated 10 times more in a secular worldview, especially when it comes to, uh, to, um, uh, to sexuality than they would from a church. And just the exposure, the church's exposure is going to be very, very small in comparison to, to what else they are. So one of the biggest biggest issues that the church can do is not try to take the whole role and responsibility on it, but is really to encourage and resource and help parents. Parents are ultimately going to be the ones that have to be the best teachers. Mm -hmm. You know, a 20 minute Bible study every, you know, every three, four months from a youth pastor is just not going to cut it in the grand scheme of things. Um, Mm -hmm. So it, it really has to start from the home. Well, that, that's, that's really good wisdom. One, one other thing that uh, came to my mind when you were talking was the mentorship of couples to the youth and uh, the value of the seniors in, in this whole area of sexuality, not even particularly talking about it so much as modeling and taking some of those youth under their wings because, uh, you, you know, youth, youth really do look up to seniors when there's a good relationship there. So, so as we're just closing off this, uh, Pastor Jeff, would you just speak briefly to pastors? You've taken a bold step in uh, supporting the, um, the unborn movement. And we're moving ahead, by the way. We, uh, there, there's a devotional coming out, and um, Pastor Jeff is also contributing to that. We're looking for opportunities to minister to those that are broken in the pews, and, uh, and so there's lots more happening, but just speak to the pastors because from, from your perspective, stepping into this issue of abortion at your church in uh, Bob Cajun. Yeah, I, I think the other thing I would say to pastors, for any pastors who are listening or need encouragement, just get past the fear. Uh, I think that is the first thing. Uh, many times so much, and I'm just as guilty as anybody, uh, is by nature, we, especially when you have a board that you're accountable to and you want people to come back and like you every week, is there are certain things that you would rather not have to deal with or have to deal quietly on the side. We, many, many pastors want to deal with hard issues, but there is a fear. And God's, you know, I love what Paul says, I did not give you a spirit of timidity. Um, And I don't think we, I don't think we uh, as pastors and as churches should worry about being too timid. Uh, We need, we need the command that God gave to Joshua. We just finished doing Joshua at church, be strong and courageous. And it does take strength and it does take courage. And I think God will bless us when we are willing to talk uh, about the things that, 
it's often a lot easier. And sometimes it's just getting over that hurdle. The other thing, and I'm going to say thank you to, to Ruth, this is something that I have been wanting to address in, in church for years. And one of the struggles was how do you do it? And sometimes you are conscious as, 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 a, as a gentleman, not in as a woman, you know, will, people, will I be able to understand and speak to this in the same way that a woman can? And, and how will people hear it? So what, one of the things that was so encouraging about Unborn Untold was this created a natural place and a natural conversation to bring it up. And it was done with, with the right people who actually knew what they were talking about and could do so with authority and a sensitivity. And I thank you for that. And I think that's a good place. If you're uncomfortable pastors and you do have that fear, cause you're like, I'm not sure if I'm the right person, then find the right person or people who can come alongside and help you do it and create the, create that opening that door for you. I think it'll be great to see how, how uh, our churches, as they begin to open this conversation, what creative ways that we can reach into the community to help change the narrative of abortion in our country. And I think it would be a wonderful, wonderful reward uh, for the little effort that we put into this to see a change in someone's life in uh, the life of a baby, the life of a parent, the life of a father and and a grandparent, whomever it might be. So thank you so much for, for again, uh, contributing to the movement and just supporting it along the way. It was, a, it was scary for me to send off a rough draft, but, um, but it was the right thing to do. It was like putting the toe in the, the Jordan River until you put the toe in and get it a little bit wet and get a little nervous. Uh, the, the, the waters part after you take that step of faith and get rid of that fear. So thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. It's been a pleasure to have you on each time and you've been a great blessing to the movement, to the unborn, untold movement. Thank you very much, Ruth. Thank you for all your work and, and all that you're doing as well. God bless. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the unborn movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, Ruth, at wordstoinspire.ca. Until next time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.